is Lisa Pierce, executive editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. We are here at Pack Expo 2022. And it is the last day of the show, just uh, about an hour or so before it shuts down. And uh, we're a bit tired, but we are still energized to tell you what we've seen here at the show today. With me is Senior Technical Editor Rick Lingle, my partner in crime, and our regular contributor, John Henry, owner of changeover.com. And John is going to go first now and tell us what what he's seen at the show that's pretty cool today. Well, I thought Lisa was mad at me when she sent me to this booth because it was the farthest booth in the whole show, I think. But it was worth the trip. The company is FastFetch. They have an innovative software system for operations that are picking and packing. What it does is the operator picks the product, uh, they scan it, And the software tells the operator which corrugated case size to use to pack that particular order. So if they have a can of beans, a book, and a dress, they will scan each one. The software will say pick box size number three. A light will light up on the box magazine to show which which box they should pick. They pull it out of the magazine, open it, and and pack it. And uh, this is a project that grew out of a uh, Clemson University research project and became a company. Very interesting. The other thing, which was very near and dear to my heart, having spent a lot of years in maintenance and still doing a lot of work on machinery, was that sick controls. One of the issues for technicians when they need to replace a sensor or any machine component, they have to sometimes stand on your head to, to see it, trying to write down the part number and the information to go look it up and order a replacement. SICK is putting QR codes on each of their sensors so it can be scanned with a phone, it calls up the data sheet, and now you have all the information on the sensor including how to how to set it, how to order it, how to wire it, everything else you might need. It seems like something very simple. SICK is the first company I've seen actually doing it. I would recommend every OEM do it. And maybe they got the idea from you, John, because you're sometimes you're too modest because you've been talking at telling uh, machinery manufacturers that they should be putting QR codes on their parts um, for quite a while now that I remember. So um, you never know. Yes, I have. And many of my clients have been putting their own QR codes on machines to use for calling up uh, service manuals, wiring diagrams, and so on. I, I keep beating my head against the wall, and eventually, you know, the wall gives way. 
Okay, excellent. And we nobody can deny the digitization of our world these days. So anything that we can do to make it easier to access that digital information, the better. Okay, coming up now is Rick Lingle. And I seem to recall he said he had three things that he wanted to talk to us about. Hello again. This is Rappin' Rick with a special end of show triple header of cool innovations. And I'm starting with the smallest and I'll work my way to the largest. And it doesn't get any smaller than AccuBreathe Nano from Preco. That's P-R-E-C-O. It's another example where small things can yield big benefits. The technology uses laser to create small holes and flexible films for modified atmosphere packaging. It extends the product shelf life and reduces food waste. Now, making micro-perforated films have been around for a while with lasers, but here's what they've managed to accomplish. They've shrunk the hole size from 100 microns to 25 microns. And what does that literally tiny difference do? Well, for example, it can add one to two weeks to the shelf life of packaged lettuce. Not surprisingly, Preco is working with several customers. And um, next up in our progressive scale is the pop and click packaging from Drug Plastics. It's available in HDPE and post-consumer recycled HDPE in 60, 100, and 120 cc sizes. Now, the sustainable option is pretty cool, but here's the clincher. It's the closure that really makes a difference in this packaging. Pop and click refers to one-handed, child-resistant opening for pharma and medical and cannabis products. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You said one-handed child-resistant closure opening. That's what we're talking about here, and that's why it got my attention as well. Me too. It's uh, Packaging is very much a visual media, and I'll have to do uh, try to do a good job of explaining it. So basically, it looks like um, a round flower, if you will, with small petals around the perimeter. And these feature partially slotted um features that allows the users to push down on the cap in the center and the closure releases, if you will, those petals lift up. It offers a tactile and also a uh, audio sound that releases the CR feature and uh, undoes does the liner and it'll click right back on. Now, if that isn't cool enough, this thinner design that would replace a two-piece child-resistant cap reduces the total amount of plastic in the packaging. This is bottling enclosure by 20 to 27%. Pretty significant. Yes, in fact, I think it's an improvement that will click with brands and consumers. Ha <laughs> ha, clever, Rick. And next and the largest increasing size of my trio, and perhaps the most complex, is the Smart Pail and Meta Pail that replaces five-gallon plastic pails with a combination of three things. And this is from CDF. So it's three components. There's an outside corrugated box. It can be a standard case for the Smart Pail and a premium looking hexagonal case for the meta pail, which uh, the corrugate is provided from Westrock. The liner is made of HDPE, it's a thermoform, that goes inside the outer case, and I'm told it can be recycled right along with milk jugs in the bin. 
And seal options would include several things, including resealable film. There's a strong sustainability benefit to this because customers would be able to get 33% more of these five-gallon pails than they would standard round pails per pallet. And also, versus round five-gallon pails, they use 88% less plastic. And uh, CDF has developed a packaging machine that goes along to do the packaging of products that are run on the Smart Pail and Meta Pail. And they also informed me that the first to market will be in January for a pet food company with a resealable litting. And I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And I was going to ask if pet food was one of the markets that they were targeting for that because it's perfect for that. So end of day three, uh, we're all a bit tired, but I'm going to try to wrap things up yet on a high note because one of the things that I like to do is take a look at what's happened here at the show over the course of this week and try to see if there are any emerging trends that I'm seeing and or, you know, sometimes there's a buzz at a show and um, uh, kind of identify that. So I did come here looking and asking about specific things. I wanted to ask about energy savings and energy consumption on packaging machines, especially considering the energy situation that the world is in right now. I did have a a couple of um, machinery manufacturers show me things, uh, one of which was in an earlier podcast on the show. And, um, you know, continue to look at that. But I did have an opportunity to talk with the organizers of Interpack, which is going to be back in 2023 with their um, regular schedule of their triennial show. Three years ago, of course, it was canceled because of COVID. They had a list of four focus things for the new Interpack coming up, and top of that list was energy and uh, sustainability stuff. So I was uh, quite happy to see that. The thought, though, is that energy consumption on packaging machinery and packaging lines and in plants is maybe a little bit more of a concern to um, our European friends than it is here in the United States, but costs are always an issue. So I would imagine, depending on how things play out here in the United States, we might see a little bit, see and hear a little bit more about energy conservation for um, machinery. The other thing that I wanted to share um, as far as trends go is a digital twin. And I am still thinking about this and researching it, but I had a couple of good conversations about this here at PAC Expo. One of them was with a gentleman who is with the new Digital Twin Consortium. They have a office in Chicago, here in Chicago, but also are um, an Italian organization. So I'm still learning about this. Just had a very quick conversation with the gentleman there. I'll follow up with more details, including a link to the website in the podcast transcription. The second thing for Digital Twin is I had a conversation with the gentleman who was one of the founders of Emulate 3D. The gentleman I talked with, Ian McGregor, was uh, one of the 
founders of Emulate 3D, and it was bought a couple of years ago by Rockwell Automation. And we had a chance to talk about simulation and uh, digital twin right now, how it's evolved. So simulation in packaging has been used in a lot of different areas, including line optimization, um, being able to simulate operations on a packaging machine to improve just the design of it, the overall design of a, a specific system, as well as an entire line. That's been around for decades and decades. But as you can well imagine, it has evolved so much over the years because of the evolution in computer technology. Ian gave me a little bit of a taste of how emulation is a little bit different than simulation. Even though he was the founder of this program and it's, you know, kind of his uh, his child, he sold it, like I say, to um, Rockwell Automation, has a deal with them to help educate people about it, but he's independent. So I am going to be following up a little bit later to get more details on this. But the reason why I was looking at digital twin stuff is because the computer programs are written by computer programmers. And I'm curious on how much education and experience that they have specifically in packaging. And one of the things that Ian said that struck me was that the people who are coming to them with these problems are the ones who have the packaging experience and expertise. The IT people who are doing the programming are tapping into that. So that made me feel um, a lot better. There was so much more that we could possibly talk about, I'm sure, over the the weeks and the months after this show. We will be um, continuing to share some of what we've seen here. But for now, we're going to sign off on this final Pack Expo 2022 special packaging possibilities podcast series with a fond farewell. I hope if you were here at the show, you enjoyed it as much as we did. 